Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. I can't believe I'm going to say it, but I think Nick Casario needs a standing ovation, Aaron Torres, the general manager of the Houston Texans, held on to Deshaun Watson and did not move him last season and now is going to get what he had wanted all along. Reports saying in this breaking news story, three first-round picks going from Cleveland to Houston in the breaking news story that is Deshaun Watson willing to go to the Browns, and now the sides, basically, Aaron, the agreed compensation is three draft pick, three first-round draft picks, and two other pieces. They could be other draft picks, I believe, maybe a day two or day three compensation. That was according to uh, Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports. But Deshaun Watson going to leave the Houston Texans, and the Texans getting three first-round picks from the Cleveland Browns. Um, yeah, tip of the cap. That's that's how you're supposed to do it with a general manager. You stick to your guns, and in the end, they get what they wanted for Watson. Well, I know there's a lot of Deshaun Watson angles to peel back on this, but from the Texans' perspective, I agree with you. And I, and I think it's really interesting. Uh, when I used to host with Arnie Spanier, we used to argue about this all the time. And I know that the Deshaun Watson situation is a little bit different. He had the legal issues. You couldn't trade him for a significant amount of time. But I have never understood this notion that the second that a guy demands a trade, oh, you ha- and Arnie and I used to argue about this nonstop. Well, you have to trade him. Well, what are you going to do? And I, and I think, you know, I've criticized Daryl Morey a lot, but I think that was a perfect example in the NBA of, of saying, look, you want out. If this is not fixable, then we will get you out. But it's not going to be on your terms. I mean, even going back to the Anthony Davis trade to the Lakers several years ago, if you remember, Dan, they basically took it up to the trade deadline, uh, toyed with the Lakers a little bit and said, no, we're not we're not trading you right now. You don't want to be here. That's fine. But we're not morally obligated to trade you just for the sake of trading you. And so I'm 100 percent with you. I give the Houston Texans a great amount of credit for waiting and getting the deal that was right for them, the best deal possible. I would also say on top of that, I think it's very interesting, which is, again, another side conversation for another day, how teams are finally realizing how hit or miss it is to give up draft picks. All of a sudden, this almost feels like the NBA where you want my next three draft picks, take them. You want three of my next four, that's fine. Give me the superstar that is established in this league. Again, another prime example of how bad the Seahawks trade for Jamal Adams was. Check out the latest lines of the world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21. Must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, so the Texans side of things done. Let's get to those Browns sort of things. This is my this is my issue with Watson going to Cleveland. And I'm going to put a caveat on it Aaron, because it is an important caveat, one that I've actually spoken to you about on shows when it talks about legacy and history. It's different when you win a World Series and you're a member of the Boston Red Sox, especially when you're a member of that 2004 team. It's different when you're a member of the Chicago Cubs and you win a World Series, especially that 2016 Chicago Cubs team. It is different when you win championships in certain places, especially places 
with extreme droughts or in Cleveland's case, never a Super Bowl win. I understand all of that. And I have always used that, Aaron, as a reason to go to Cleveland and to try to win a Super Bowl. Because if you do, like you reach godlike status in that city. And there, there are there are only a few organizations really in sports that you can do that and have that sort of effect. Now, with that being said, of these final four teams, I know that Cleveland has a running game, but they do not have anybody to throw the football to right now. And Carolina does. DJ Moore just got his three-year extension. You can talk about the lack of weapons that they have in Atlanta, which they do, but they did use a top-five pick on Kyle Pitts last year, so at least he is there. And then now you look at what the Saints have with Alvin Kamara in that backfield and Michael Thomas coming back. The lack of weapons in Cleveland is another reason why I didn't think that Cleveland was a possibility and makes me think that this was all about money. That's why I don't like the deal for Watson is – now what is he going to throw to? There's no Jarvis Landry. OBJ's not there. Uh, you tag David and Joku, but what is? who are you going to throw to if you are the Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Watson? That's why I am not as high on this deal as I thought I, you could have been if you went to the other three places. Well, and it is interesting, right? And, and I mean, I think we're seeing now, and by the way, Aaron Rodgers, the same thing. I mean, it's clear that for Aaron Rodgers, uh, being the highest paid player in the NFL uh, or, or, you know, having the salary that he did was important to him. And, and I don't want to say it wasn't about winning because I think going back to Green Bay was a better option than anywhere that he could have potentially gone if he had not stayed in Green Bay. But with Deshaun Watson, I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, criticize anybody you know, however, 200 whatever million dollars that he got, make your money, take care of your family, set up generations of your family for the rest of your life. But I don't see how it's anything other than about the money when for all the reasons that you mm-hmm. just laid out, Dan, I'm not saying that Atlanta, New Orleans, Carolina, who he seemed to eliminate. I'm not saying that some of these teams were a perfect fit. But I'm telling you, man, the, the NFL, you know, you could change your fortunes really quick. I mean, we, we talked about Devontae Adams in hour one. Uh, guys become available. And uh, things change quickly in this league. If you go to one of those teams, Tom Brady has, uh, I know he's now back. Uh, obviously, that was established this weekend. But we're talking about you have a year or two left of Tom Brady. That division is wide open. The Saints are under new leadership, all that good stuff. And so, and oh, by the way, the path is just so much easier than going through a conference where you now have Russell Wilson on top of, again, we know the names, but Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, on and on and on. So I don't like it. I understand it's about money. I'll never blame anybody for taking the biggest check that you can get. But, man, you just made life a lot more. If this is, if this is supposed to be no. about winning, you just yeah. made life a lot more complicated. It actually annoyed me with not because, as Doug anoints me, the Aaron Rodgers hater. That is not the case. But I always felt it was different in Green Bay over these last year or two, that it, was, that it wasn't about the money for Aaron Rodgers, that actually he was at a different point in his career where maybe it was just about do I want to play football or not. He was at a different point in his life. That's, that's what I thought this was all about. And I actually you know, had looked at him in a little different way to be like, wow, if the guy's willing to give up his career and a paycheck of you know, $30 million at the time of, of, of willing to do that because his heart just wasn't in it or he just wanted to do something else, I actually like will, will will tip my cap. I may I may not have done the same thing, but I would say okay. Well, that's the decision that he had to make. Then when Rodgers comes back and it's like he's the highest paid quarterback, he gets record setting money. I'm like, to your point, wait a sec, wasn't this all about money? 
And that's kind of what I feel like with Deshaun Watson and making this decision, not to the extent of Aaron Rodgers, but, you know, like at least in Russell Wilson's case, and Russell Wilson will be due a new contract very soon, and it's one of the reasons that the Seahawks traded him because they didn't think they were likely to have Russell Wilson return on a free agent deal, and that if they let it go any further, they likely wouldn't get enough in compensation that they just got from Denver. But it didn't seem like the money was the biggest deal to Russell Wilson. And maybe they just did a better job of covering it up. And maybe Deshaun Watson will have his opportunity to have his say and explain why he went to Cleveland. But to your point, yeah, it sure as heck seems about the money. Just like it did with Aaron Rodgers going back to Green Bay, it sure seems about the money. And and, and I don't want to get in anybody's pockets. Yes. But I mean, it's not my business to do so, but I do. It does hit me a little in the wrong way when it comes to that aspect. Well, and, really and my my question would be too, if it was about the money, you mean to tell me Carolina right now with the heat that those people are feeling over there that they couldn't have you know rubbed together some nickels and checked in the the couch for some pennies and dimes? Like, is same with same with Atlanta? I mean, you know, how many years? Obviously, we know that Matt Ryan is is not only on the back end of his career, but the but the final. I mean, we're talking year two, three, whatever it is. So the point is, if even if it was about money, I mean, Carolina couldn't have come up with something reasonably similar. Atlanta couldn't have come up with something reasonably similar. Mm-hmm. I don't know. To me, that's and 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 it's so tough because again you don't criticize anybody for taking the most possible money that they could take but it is supposed like like it goes into all of the conversations we always have right all these athletes and I'm not saying this even specifically about Deshaun Watson but you hear athletes talk about the brand about this about that about winning is the ultimate brand builder um you know Steph Curry becomes Steph Curry because he is the consummate winner great teammate whatever and that's just an example uh, being, I, I don't know, the, the Cleveland's obviously going to be better, but I, I don't know. I just, it's just, yeah, ha, I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm trying to wrap my head around this because I can't criticize somebody for taking money, but man, that AFC, especially you just added Russell Wilson two weeks ago, on top of all the guys that we mentioned, it's just going to be a hard, hard, hard road to win at the highest level. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. If you missed it, breaking news in the NFL as Deshaun Watson has told the Texans he wants to go to the Cleveland Browns and decides in an agreement on a trade that would not only send three first-round picks to Houston, but two other uh, pieces, likely draft picks as well, going to Houston in exchange for Watson, who would then get a new five-year deal worth a reported $230 million. The NFL Network saying that that contract would be fully guaranteed. This is, I mean... Uh, you know, it, it, I mean, it's crazy. And you know what? Heads up to Tim, who who, who tweeted in, uh, they do have Amari Cooper now. Completely blanked on that. So at least they yes. – so in terms of weapons, so a hat tip to Tim on Twitter for, uh, for, for passing that along. There is Amari Cooper in Cleveland. So it does take a little bit away of the uh, weapons sort of argument. I just – if they were out, how did they get back in? Because of the understanding that I had had, and now we have a whole Baker Mayfield discussion that we'll get to later on in the show as well, but if, if they were out, how do you get back in when the Texans apparently would only allow teams the opportunity to talk to Watson if they gave a suitable trade package? 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, so, so to have the opportunity to talk to Watson, the Browns had to say Houston will give you this, and then Houston said it was okay. So then Watson says, reports say, I'm not going to go to Cleveland. How do they get back in? I'm not. I, I don't even. I don't expect you to have that answer, Aaron. But that is just. It's it's interesting to me. Carolina, to your point, really you know, may have botched this. The only thing that seemingly had him wanting to go to Atlanta was to be close to home. The Saints had a couple of meetings, maybe just didn't feel good about those other three and ended up just having, I don't know, a decent feeling about Cleveland. Maybe he wanted to be overwhelmed by the other ones and he wasn't. But that that part to me is just curious on how they were out and they were back in. And it, to, going back to the point, it maybe was then about money. Maybe it was they were then going to offer him this much as part of a deal. Well, and that's the thing, right, is, is you know, I, I've seen some people on social media, oh, you know, these reporters didn't know anything. They didn't know that. Here's the bottom line. We were on air yesterday when Baker Mayfield demanded a trade, and there were immediate reports from multiple people that cover the Browns that a trade was not in the works. And so I don't think it's a stretch to say that 24 hours ago, the Browns thought they were out of the running. Like, I don't think this is some coy uh, Deshaun Watson. The Browns were were working together to throw everyone off their scent to keep the, the NFL media away from knowing what really happened. I really think that the Browns thought they were out and whether it was going, uh, you know, going to ownership and and seeing how much was was available to spend or whatever or how much could we trade or whatever it was. I do believe that 24 hours ago when we were talking about a Baker Mayfield Mm -hmm. trade demand and a Baker Mayfield rejected trade demand from the team. I don't think it's a stretch for us to say that the that we I can't speak for you. I believe that the Browns thought they were out 24 hours ago. And so, again, as you said, as the reporting comes out on this over the next 24 to 48 hours, I'll be very curious to see what has happened in the previous 24 hours to allow the Browns to get back in. And to your point, I think the Browns probably did something that the Panthers didn't do, and that was maybe come back and say, all right, we'll give you this much money. Like that that's the conversation like to your to your point about the just the, the Panthers not upping what they needed to do. On the surface here, for what we know, that would seem to connect dots, right? Like maybe, like maybe he's not keen on Cleveland, but you become keen on Cleveland because Cleveland gives a little bit more money. And then, yeah, Cleveland's not going to sit there and, and trade Baker Mayfield, even though he wants out, because honestly, there were no other options. But that option was Deshaun Watson, so now they probably go back last night and say, well, can we give him more money? Can we offer this much? And then they hit a price that they can hit – and can't reach to, and Watson changes his mind, which tells me that's probably something Carolina didn't do. Because if Carolina was out and Cleveland was out, Cleveland kept on, you know, at least moving and making making an offer, and Carolina didn't. Man, you're a Panthers fan. Disappointing. And, and he's really now that I know Baker's out there, but it's not like Baker's going to be traded to his own team. So there was only really one quarterback that was available for Cleveland. And that was Deshaun Watson, and they went after it. Wow. Well, and, and, and I'll just say really quick, I think that you, you have to be – maybe Carolina more than anybody. You have to be especially frustrated however it went down. And by the way, when I say uh, you, I don't even just mean the fans. I mean Matt Rule. I mean whoever's pulling the strings there because you knew – 
you had to go in, you had to, to find the guy this offseason, or, and especially in Matt Rule's case, your job might be on the line here. And so to have a scenario where this guy is available and you simply can't close the deal for whatever reason, I mean, you, you got to find a way. You got to find a way. I mean, the Browns, we criticized Baker. We talked about this yesterday, but we, for all the criticism of Baker, this was a guy that 12 months ago was coming off of a playoff win. And so uh, he, he's not the, the, the Justin Herbert, Josh Allen guy, but he isn't some, the way that people make him out to be as well. And so if the Browns had had to go back into next year with Baker Mayfield, they were still in a better position than a lot of teams. But for a team like Carolina that you knew you had to find the answer this offseason, you said that you were going to wait for the, the process to play out. It plays out. Everybody links you to this guy. And you mm-hmm. still end up on the outside looking in. I don't know what's going on in that building right now, but they got to be very, very, very frustrated. Yeah, I give the Falcons a pass. They, they seem to be in a complete rebuild. And at some point, maybe it would have ca- happened a bit quicker if they were able to you know, bring in Watson, but then you're giving up some of those pieces that you would want to do in a rebuild. Uh, Saints almost seemed that not out of left field, Aaron, but just because of the Sean Payton retirement, the Dennis Allen being the head coach, still trying to sort all of that out. They kind of seemed late into it. But Carolina's been in it for more than a year. And to your point, it's just, yeah, really doesn't make sense. And it also may tell you something that the Texans, uh, for maybe the offers that they got, were also willing to trade him within the conference. I was thinking Obviously that. not in the different uh, division, but he is staying in the AFC. He's yeah, Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. So who's the real winner in this AFC arms race? We tell you next here on Fox. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. I didn't know if John Ramos was going to do that broadcast, broadcasting, broadcast, broadcasting. We are sitting in for Doug Gottlieb today. Don't worry. Doug's actually going to join us at the top of the hour. Doug in his full March Madness duties. So that's why we are sitting in his chairs today. It takes two of us to fill the shoes of Doug Gottlieb. But Doug will take time out uh, of his uh, madness duties and join us at the top of the hour. Check out the latest lines of the world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21. Must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Just saw a tweet, and if you missed it, breaking news. Deshaun Watson going to be traded by the Texans to the Cleveland Browns for three first-round picks and two other picks, and then Watson's getting a new five-year, $230 million contract that is fully guaranteed. And Ian Rappaport followed this up. Uh, with a tweet saying that the Falcons now will turn their attention to, I guess, mending fences would be a way with, with Matt Ryan. To me, it's night and day when you're talking about Baker Mayfield or Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan probably has a pretty good idea of where he is in his career. And, 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 and you may not think that Matt Ryan has game left in him or does have game left in him. I actually don't think he does, Aaron. But that's beside the point. The fact of the matter is Matt Ryan is not going to be hurt like a Baker Mayfield would be hurt when Baker Mayfield's young and still in the beginning of his career, there is no doubt that Matt Ryan may just have a season or two left in his NFL career. And to have the opportunity to go 
and maybe play the rest of your career with an organization uh, that you spent your entire career with. I don't think that mending offenses is going to be as difficult as what you would have had to do if you were Cleveland and Baker Mayfield in this you know, not a, fell out. Not, not at all. I did have uh, I had I have a buddy who's a, a Saints fan who put up an interesting thought as well that uh, it has to do with this, but doesn't really. He said, and I want your perspective on this. He said, "I swear, Tom Brady catches every break known to mankind." <laughs> I mean, it's kind of true, right? Like, probably part of it that nobody's talking about. But Tom Brady, another great quarterback, in this case, stays in the AFC as opposed to leaving. But you and I and everybody in the sports media had this guy pegged for the NFC South. This guy being Deshaun Watson, twenty-four hours ago. Now he's in the AFC North, uh, loaded division, and Tom Brady has. Uh, Matt Ryan and who the heck knows uh, between those other two teams. Yeah, it's funny as well because when the offseason started, there's obviously uh, balance, but Minnesota had Kirk Cousins, still does at the time. But again, I thought I got the sense, okay, two NFC teams. And so then when you had the three out of the four, final four of his four being NFC, that's where I thought Deshaun Watson was going to land. And he doesn't. And yeah, to your point, uh, he catches a break. Aaron Rodgers probably also catches a break as well, even though he didn't catch one yesterday when Devontae Adams got traded. And I think that there's a parallel to bring up when you look at what is happening now in the AFC to what is happening in the NFC. For years, Aaron, and, and I know that there was an argument here or there, but really for the last decade, I don't think that you can – argue that the best division in football has been the NFC West. Whether it be when the Seahawks were on top or the Niners were on top or both of those teams were were battling or with the Rams now Super Bowl champs and the Rams having their success even prior to that and getting to the Super Bowl years ago and even the Cardinals whether it be uh you know getting to the AFC Championship game under Bruce Arians and now making a comeback the NFC West has kind of been the division that has has been the that has been the best division in the National Football League. That's kind of not debatable, right? I mean, you could maybe throw an argument in there. Well, now all of this conversation is about the AFC West. And now with Deshaun Watson going to the AFC North, it makes me think that the biggest winner in all of this and everything that is happening this offseason is actually the Buffalo Bills. And for the reason of what happens in Green Bay, Green Bay has been fortunate enough to be a very good football team and get home field advantage uh, throughout the playoffs in their last two seasons. Haven't made it to the Super Bowl, but they got the first round by. They got home field. And it helps to play in a crappy division like the, the NFC North. And it helps when the best division in football or the best teams in the division are beating each other up. So now you look at the AFC West – and with the Chargers and the Broncos and the Chiefs and Raiders now all just you know going full speed ahead to try to compete with one another, there I, I think it's going to be very difficult for the best team in the AFC to come from that division, just like it was from the NFC West at at times. Green Bay was been a better factor of that, and I think Buffalo now. And you look what's happening in the AFC North, and it's why the Titans were able to get home field this past year out of the AFC South, weaker division, not as much competition. I think Buffalo, huge advantage, especially, too, with not only their division, but the ability, if they could get that home field advantage in that weather, I like Buffalo as the biggest winner in all of this move because I think their path just becomes a little bit easier uh, than the other teams that are now going to have to grind it out for 18 weeks. 
In terms of the AFC, I absolutely agree. Um, And it's for all of the reasons that you just said. Uh, In terms of just football in general – uh, it's it, it, I think it's what I said, which is the Tampa Bay Bucks are the biggest winner to not only get Tom Brady back, but to have uh, you know Deshaun Watson stay in the AFC and then Russell Wilson go to the NFC. But I do agree. I mean, this was the Tom Brady path for a a number of years, where when he was with the New England Patriots, they would always get that first round buy. Now at the time, there were two first round buys. It was mm-hmm. a little bit different. But now Josh Allen, you know, you get two games against whatever the Jets are going to be. The Patriots clearly are not built the way that they once were and of course Miami there's so much conversation about Tua so you just think that it, it everything is setting up nicely for them to potentially get that first round by and as we know home field advantage in these playoffs when whether it is the Cincinnati Bengals whether it is uh the the Pat the Patrick Mahomes Kansas City Chiefs whomever is going to have to come to Buffalo in the middle of the winter I think I'm 100% with you in terms of the AFC big winner of course is as you said the Buffalo Bills He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. Check out the latest lines of the world of sports at BetRivers Sportsbook. BetRivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21. Must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Again, breaking news. Uh, Brian Fenley is going to give us the latest in a sec, but Deshaun Watson on his way from Houston to Cleveland. Do want to point out that this is the Doug Gottlieb show. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Bayer. We are not Doug Gottlieb, but Doug Gottlieb will be joining us at the top of the hour. Joining us next, he's an insider for one of the best college basketball programs around that some feel needs an enormous change. We'll talk to him. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for Doug. In 15 minutes, we're going to tell you how these odds have changed when it comes to the Cleveland Browns with the acquisition of Deshaun Watson. Right now, though, we switch gears and talk about a story that we touched on at the top of the show. Joining us now, he's the beat writer covering the Kentucky Wildcats for KSR, the Kentucky Sports Radio, and host of the Sources Say podcast. Jack Pilgrim joins the program. Hey, Jack, how are you? Well, uh, I, I, I'd be lying to you if I said I was doing well, but I appreciate you having me on. <laughs> I know. We, we, we only call when there's bad news. Uh, that, <laughs> it's like the job of a referee. All right, Aaron and I touched on it uh, off the top, but for those that may have missed it, uh, is Coach Cal's job in jeopardy after last night's overtime loss to St. Peter's? Well, I, I looking at his contract, it would be almost impossible to fire him or something. You know, I, I think he's a twenty million dollar buyout or something ridiculous. He's a lifetime deal. They basically wrote it in stone whenever he announced uh, that he would he was going to be staying in for the long haul. So I don't see him fired, uh, but I, I I have heard some rumblings about a potential retirement coming sooner rather than later in the last couple of years. Uh, so is this something that? potentially pushes him closer toward that uh would he go out on such a low note i'm not 100 percent uh certain but i do know that uh that is something that i think uh was coming sooner rather than later in uh yesterday's game definitely makes things more interesting well and jack that's my question and first of all thank you man for joining us i know you were traveling today back from indy like 
that's kind of just my question in general is just like where are we because I think an outsider would say how can you be that upset with John Calipari but we do have a three four five year track record of 2018 you lose as a nine you lose to a nine seed uh, in the NCAA tournament obviously last year a historically bad season as well so this isn't if for people who don't follow Kentucky day to day this isn't one bad loss right this is three four five years where it just hasn't felt like it felt like 10, 12 years ago when Kentucky was consistently competing at the highest level of the sport. Yeah, I think, you know, I think that 2015 season may have may have broken this program in a sense, and I know it's kind of hard to say because it's a 38 in one year, but just how that year unfolded, the, the hype behind it, what it did for recruiting, I think recruiting has just never been the same uh, since then. But, uh, I, you know, I think fans kind of looked at last year as a one-off, all right, well, we'll give you the benefit of the doubt for, uh, you know, a, a career of greatness. I mean, you're in the Hall of Fame. You, you led Kentucky to a national title in 2012, all the Final Fours, Elite Eight, so on and so forth. The track record spoke for itself. So you kind of gave him a path. It's an, I mean, it was unacceptable. Nobody would ever uh, say last season's result was, was acceptable in the slightest. But then to follow the worst season in Kentucky basketball history with the worst NCAA tournament loss in Kentucky basketball history, I think that's the breaking point for fans that they're already kind of like, all right, well, I guess we'll give you the benefit of the doubt, but really, really not turning in the right direction. I think last night, I got to be totally honest, it, it, it turned off a quite a, a massive part of the, the fan base. I, I don't think there's a lot of been uh, a lot of people saying that he needs to go, he needs to get fired, but I think there's been a clear something got to change message uh, throughout the fan base, and I don't know what how how they go about doing that, but it's clear the change. Uh, has to be made. Jack Pilgrim, Kentucky Sports Radio, KSR, yeah, Kentucky Wildcats beat writer, joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer in for Doug today. So Roy Williams retires. Coach K is about to retire. You mentioned the retirement word from Cal. Is it because of the changing landscape of college basketball? And I don't mean to use that cliche, but it seems to have a point in it. In it. Or is it because of that fan base that you said that was just maybe turned off last night or felt like a line was crossed? What would push him towards that retirement decision? You know, I, I think when he lost his right-hand man in Kenny Payne, he lost, you know, that, that staff that he was he grew, he grew so comfortable with. And last offseason, uh, you know, he, he decided to kind of clean house with the assistants. And I know they publicly just, just talked about it as a mutual parting of ways, but that clearly was not what happened behind the scenes. Cal wanted to change the scenery with uh, his, you know, his guys. He brings back in Orlando Antigua, brings in Chin Coleman, and it felt like a breath of fresh air. But even still, and, and what's kind of frustrating about the whole thing is all season long, uh, leading up to it, they talked about the camaraderie and the, the team chemistry and the synergy. How it was second to none. They hadn't hadn't any had anything like that, and they kind of felt like it could have added a couple more years to uh, you know the the, the lifespan of, of Cal at Kentucky. And, it, and I, I don't know what would potentially push him to that. I mean, I know that recruiting hasn't been what it is, and I think that's kind of been frustrating on his end. And uh, finding the right guys, he's not getting the top ten kids, and. and he thought that the transfer portal was going to be a feasible option, and it had been from a regular season perspective. But you know, to to go out in the first round to a, a group of kids that clearly looked unready for that moment, Tommy Wheeler was shaking in his boots at the free throw line that last uh, the, the, in, in overtime and turned the ball over. Ty Ty Washington didn't hit a single shot. Kellen Grady got the yips. I mean, you go down the list. Uh, it, all the guys that you kind of brought in, assuming that they were going to be you know veteran leaders prepared for that moment, they weren't. 
Uh, so I, I don't know if, if that is something that could push Cal that direction, where it's like, well, I don't, I'm not getting these kids in, uh, in, in high school anymore. I'm not landing. The, the, clearly, tr- the transfer portal is not the best option for me. What do I have left to bring to the game? I think that might be a conversation that uh, he very well could have with himself. Well, that was going to be my last one, Jack. Uh, Jack Pilgrim, Kentucky Sports Radio. So that that's my question. Is last offseason you're coming off, as you referenced, a historically awful season, but you have the, the kind of get-out-of-jail-free card of we're going to shake up the coaching staff, we're going to do this portal thing, we're going to bring in all these older players and the one-and-done stuff, we'll still do it, but we got to get older, we got to get experienced. Well, now you were, you were older, you were experienced, you had the oldest team I, I, that I know of, of the John Calipari era. That didn't work either. Is there point blank end of story? Is there anything that he can do between now and say March Madness twenty twenty three to win over the portion of the fan base that he lost last night? I I don't know because I think the coach speak has kind of I think he's he's worn the fan base thin on that front because he uh, last offseason if you remember he went on his media tour where he essentially. Said, I hope you guys are enjoying your laughs. I hope everybody's having fun. Ha ha ha! Yep, Kentucky's the butt of all jokes. I hope you're enjoying this. Uh, it, you know, with the idea of next season is going to be a revenge tour of sorts, and uh, you know, and he fills out the roster with guys on, on paper that look clearly the part. You had the best shooter in the, in the portal. You had a 2,000 point scorer. You go, you know, you go down the list: best playmaker, you know, best rebounder. It, it made all. It made. The world of sense on paper. Uh, I don't know what Cal can say that could fix what it, it felt like. This was the year. That was the comeback opportunity, and I think that fans are just kind of tuned out at this point. And uh, I don't think there is anything that he can say outside of "I'm sorry, I'll get it fixed, I'll be better," or I, "My time here is done." I think those are the only two options that Cal has at this point. I don't think there's a way, uh, you know. And I, honestly, I'm kind of worried about the roster construction. I don't know if Shady Sharp comes back. I don't know what the other transfer portal options. I know there's going to be a bunch of them, but is Cal even confident? There's no more uh, 2022 kids or, or, or even 2023 kids worth reclassing or signing at the high school ranks. It just doesn't feel like the, the path to a title-contending roster is there the way that it was last season, and I think that may be uh, of, of concern. It's, a, it's not a great time in the world of Kentucky basketball right now, let me just say that. He's the beat writer, covered the Kentucky Wildcats for Kentucky Sports Radio and also host of the Sources Say podcast, Jack Pilgrim. Jack, thanks so much for the time. Try to enjoy the weekend at least. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. Get him Thank on you, Twitter Jack. at Jack Pilgrim KSR. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Bayer. Vegas has taken notice on the Deshaun Watson trade to the Cleveland Browns. That next here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show. I'm Dan Beyer. He's Aaron Torres sitting in for Doug. Note to self, Aaron, uh, next year, make bets on NFL futures of all bad teams just in case we have another crazy offseason like we did this year because – the odds for the Cleveland Browns now have obviously changed following their acquisition of Deshaun Watson. For those of you that may have missed it, Deshaun Watson being traded by the Texans to the Browns, then getting a five-year, $230 million contract to play in Cleveland. So Baker Mayfield's on his way out. We'll get to that in a little while. But also, the Texans now get three first-round picks and two other draft picks. I believe it was a third 
and a fourth-round draft pick, and Cleveland will get a fifth-round pick as well from Houston. I think that those were the exact numbers. But, man, the uh, the trade hall is, is in for Houston. Deshaun Watson gets his money. And now Bet Rivers has the Cleveland Browns listed at plus 1,600 to win the NFL championship, Super Bowl 57, plus 1,600. Aaron, there are only five teams – excuse me, six teams that have better odds than the Cleveland Browns do right now uh, of winning the Super Bowl after the acquisition of Deshaun Watson. They were about maybe plus 4,000 before this acquisition, about a 40-to-1 shot, now sitting there at plus 1,600, according to Bet Rivers. Can I take a stab at who the other five are? Yeah, it's six. I, I My That's eyes six. deceive me, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I would say Tampa. Yep, one. Green Bay. Two. Uh, Kansas City. Three. Buffalo. Yep. Did you say Buffalo? Yeah, that Buffalo. That was yep. what I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let me ask you a question. Yes. I remember when the odds came out, the Cowboys being high. Is Dallas up there? They are not. Okay, that's good. That For the sake of sanity, that makes me happy. I'm missing the Rams, so that's five. Yep. I'm not going to get the sixth but, one, and we, gotta, we don't have much that's all right. left. It's Buffalo, Tampa. The Chiefs, Packers, Rams, Niners. Niners! Oh, my yes, goodness. I would that's never according to Bet Rivers. Niners plus 1,300, but the Browns jumping up to plus 1,600. Crazy day of the NCAA tournament yesterday. Crazy day of the NFL yesterday and today. You'll hear from the show's host, Doug Gottlieb, joins us next here. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox.